All right, welcome to another episode of Defenders of the Bank with your boys, Philly and... The Scarf. All right, this is our special, short, happy Valentine's Day episode. And I woke up this morning thinking to myself, I've got my wife for flowers, i got my wife for chocolates, i got my wife for gifts, but what in the heck is Valentine's Day other than a Hallmark celebration? And how long has this holiday been in existence? And thankfully, my co-host here is a scholar, a gentleman, and a teacher, and he actually had the answer and the research done before I even asked him a question. That's why we make a good podcasting crew. Scarfy, tell us about Valentine's Day. (laughs) It's just funny to hear you in your own head while we're doing this. You, like, stopped, like, four times in your head. I... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, I bring the nerd wherever I go, and this all starts with the Feast of the Lupercalia, a Roman holiday festival held in what we now call February. Of course, Februa were the intestinal whips that were made for this festival. That's where we got our name February from. And after the Catholic Church, or the Roman Catholic Church, I should say, took over, it was right around 496 A.D., when the Feast of the Lupercalia was replaced with St. Valentine's Day. And now that's why Hallmark and Seas and Godiva and all these other great companies get to make all this money and guys get nothing. Yes, so that means that we've basically been plagued by Valentine's Day for thousands of years. Fantastic. Well, happy Valentine's Day to you all. On today's episode, it's going to be a relatively short one. We are going to be covering the following. We're going to be talking about the exhibition game that we had against Atlanta United on this wet and rainy past weekend. We're going to talk about one of our players, former Los Angeles football club player Aaron Kovar, and his sudden announcement of retirement. We're going to talk about the current state of the LAFC roster. We're going to talk about what happened at Media Day, and of course, we're going to wish you well on your Valentine's Day. But first and foremost, happy birthday. Scarf, who is the very first person on our happy birthday list? It is Valentine's Day, February 14th, which means he's number 99 on the field, but number one today on his birthday, Adama Diomande. Happy 29th birthday to one of our favorite players on the pitch for LAFC. Adama Diomande turning 29 years old today. And a bunch of other great footballers having birthdays today. Who else, Philly? So we've gotten the comments about, oh, we've got too many birthday shout-outs to celebrities. So we take that duly noted and we're going to make it only about football. So the following birthdays are on our list. Angel Di Maria turned 30 years old. Di Maria, who formerly played at Manchester United, who's currently at PSG. Oh, the irony of that, especially with PSG's 2-0 win at Old Trafford. His teammate, Edison Cavani, also on PSG right now, turned 31 years old. Christian Eriksen from Tottenham, and Tottenham has a lot to celebrate today because they just thrashed Dortmund 3-0. He turned 26. So that's our birthday list for footballers, and we're going to keep it at that. Now, on this February 14th, let's transition into this day in sports. Scarf, give us this day in sports. That's right. It's going to be a transition indeed, because after today's episode, it will no longer be this day in sports. It will change over to this day in LAFC history. So we're going to keep it LAFC-centric, LAFC-focused, 
our birthdays, our this day in LAFC history, and you'll see it go a little bit quicker from here on out. We are listening to all of our fans out there. They give us all kinds of different small suggestions and feedback and tips. A lot of them say we're doing something right, which is kind of nice, but we really do appreciate all of your feedback at Defenders of the Bank on Facebook and Instagram and at Defend the Bank on Twitter. Please hit us up if you have any suggestions. This was certainly one of them, so we will keep the this day in LAFC history and birthdays much shorter. All right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of our podcast today. We'll talk about the exhibition game that we had recently against the defending MLS champions, Atlanta United. Now, we started a really, really good squad. In fact, this potential lineup right here that I'm going to call out could be the starting lineup for our opening day roster against Sporting Kansas City on March the 3rd. In goalkeeper, and he played the entire game this time around, was Tyler Miller. On our defensive line, we had Stephen Betashore, we had Eddie Segura, Walker Zimmerman, and Jordan Harvey. Our midfield consisted of Edward Atuesta, Andre Horta, and Lee Wynn. And up front, we had Carlos Vela, Latif Blessing, and Christian Ramirez. Looks like a pretty strong lineup, but Scarf, we didn't really play strong in that first half, did we? No, you're right. Atlanta came right out and took it to us in the first half. There were a lot of questions surrounding the Atlanta United losing Tato Martino, losing Miguel Almiron. How would they come into shape? And especially because their season starts a lot earlier than most of the other teams do. They have Champions Cup action beginning in what? Just, I believe it's February 21st when Atlanta United takes on Herediano of Costa Rica, their game against the Costa Rican side on February 21st in the CONCACAF Champions League, they have run roughshod over the rest of the teams they've played in the preseason, 7-1 and 6-1 victories. But a lot of questions came into the game. Of course, losing Almiron, they replaced him with Pity Martinez, and he wasted no time making his mark a beautiful free kick goal off of a foul by Eduardo Tuesta. That was a beautiful shot. Pity is going to be a load to handle for the defensive lines for any of these MLS teams. And then, of course, Joseph Martinez, instead of being the goal scorer this time, he was the playmaker setting the table for Julian Gressel, one of the best young players in all the MLS. Of course, Joseph Martinez, the golden ball winner last year, the golden boot winner, I should say, last year for most goals scored in a season. In fact, he set the all-time MLS record. But he gets a lot of flack. You know, he gets a lot of his goals off of set pieces and PKs. But this one, an absolutely beautiful pass to Julian Gressel to make it 2 nothing. We did have a goal by Christian Ramirez called off for offside. But it did not look good for us going down 2 nothing at the half. But Philly, it got much better there in the second half. It did. I don't know what Bob said to motivate his team, but they started the second half off pretty strongly. In fact, they had a couple of substitutions in the game that made a substantial impact. They had Adrian Perez and Schaff Brewer coming in. Also wanted to note that Mark Anthony Kay came in. Really good to have him back. This was his second game back since his injury. And of course, Adrian Perez made his presence felt as he capitalized on a goal that went past Brad Guzan that he could not handle. Adrian Perez scored on Runkle to open up the LAFC scoring. Overall, our second half, we were definitely a heck of a lot better. You know, they we were eventually able to get an equalizing goal as well, believe it or not. We came down 2-0, came back 2-1, and then, of course, Carlos Vela, who's been an absolute stud this preseason, came in and hit another shot past Brad Guzan. That put us in a 2-2 situation, and that's how the game ended. LAFC was definitely a different team in the second half. They really, really took it to Atlanta, but we couldn't get a winner regardless. It's fine that it ended 2-2. to I'm a lot happier at this result considering we got thrashed in Atlanta last year in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. What was it, 5-0? 
I think that was the score. We got shut out. We got brutalized in that game. I can't wait for the rematch, especially because of the fact that it's going to be in Bank of California Stadium. The theme for this game, in my opinion, perseverance. Perseverance is really a word that we can use to sum up the entire game. LAFC had their backs against the wall. Atlanta came in with a strong lineup that's probably more in midseason form than our club is right now. And they came out strong at 2-0. We came back with Perseverance to tie the game at 2-2. And that's how the Atlanta United-LAFC game ended. But one thing that happened at the game scarf, and I saw this on the Instagram and Twitter world, it was raining that day, if you remember. I think you and I were hanging out together that afternoon. Yep. There were a bunch of fans that were hanging outside of Bank of California Stadium to try to catch a glimpse of the team playing, and the players noticed that. They were out, and they came up to say thank you. Watching this made me feel really proud to be a part of this club. Not only do we have amazing fans that go out of their way and out into the rain to watch the club play in a closed-door match, but the players acknowledged and recognized that and paid their respects and went out there to talk to the supporters group. Pretty darn cool, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, what I love is for those players to have noticed where those fans were standing. It looked like they were standing on the, what I believe was what, the east side of the stadium, the northeast gate where they were standing there. Those fans must have been pretty loud during the game, too, to have those players hear them because, of course, there's all the traffic on the streets right around the stadium there. I think it's so cool. You're absolutely right. It was pouring that day, and a bunch of players came up all the way through the bleachers, up the stairs, and right out to the gate there on the northeast gate to say thank you to the fans that brave the weather. We have such great fans, but we also have such a great club that they would take the time to notice something like that. One thing that certainly also couldn't go unnoticed about that preseason game, I got to give him a little bit of plug right here, is LMU's own Adrian Perez with that goal. A beautiful goal where he actually took the ball away from Guzan as he came to go get it. I'm really hoping that he takes one of the roster spots for uh, LAFC this got a season. Damn good chance. He was playing in an indoor soccer league in Ontario, California, not Canada, but California for the Ontario Fury playing indoor soccer just a couple of years removed from LMU. And now he's scoring a goal against the defending MLS Cup champions in a preseason match for Major League Soccer's favorite new team, LAFC. I'm really hoping this kid makes the roster. Yeah, it's definitely a major confidence booster, and he still has the opportunity to shine because, Scarf, this wasn't our last preseason game now, was it? No, we've got two more games left, February 16th and February 23rd, both Saturday dates. The 16th, a 12 o'clock showdown against the San Jose Earthquakes, who debuted their one of their new jerseys today, and it looked awful. This <laughs> black and blue jersey, it looked like they were wearing a giant bruise. Looks terrible on them out there. And then, of course, on February 23rd, Saturday at 5.30, open to season ticket holders only. That will round out our preseason schedule the 16th at noon closed to the public just some media and of course we'll be following it on twitter heck i might even go to the stadium and hang out with those fans over by the northeast gate to see how it is of course you'll be in australia but we'll talk about that a little bit more (laughs) but we've got the game on the 16th against san jose at noon and the game on the 23rd against vancouver at 5 30 to round out our preseason Now, you mentioned that the San Jose jerseys look like an ugly black and blue mark. You know what I think would be kind of funny? If we actually had a jersey for every club that was black and blue, because that's basically the colors these guys are going to be walking out of Bank of California Stadium with when we absolutely terrorize the Western Conference. Can't wait for March the 3rd. Now, one bit of news that we have to report on our next segment, I'm a little bummed about this. 
former Los Angeles football club player and Seattle Sounders player, for that matter. On Sunday, Aaron Kovar, our midfielder, announced his retirement from professional soccer. What a bummer, Scarf. I was I remember when you and I were at that exhibition game against Borussia Dortmund and we saw Kovar on the pitch for the first time. That kid played with a lot of moxie, a lot of hustle, a lot of like what I like to call mustard. And he got rewarded that game by scoring a goal against the Bundesliga Giants. What do you think about Kovar leaving? Yeah, you know, I'm really bummed about Aaron Kovar. Both you and I were extremely impressed with his play against Borussia Dortmund. Of course, had the opening goal of the match which eventually led to the 1-1 tie, but without him, we don't even tie that game. Really seemed like he was making way on the team. He started seven games for us out of the 12 that he played, had three assists in addition to that goal against Dortmund. And I really thought, you know, he had carved a small role for himself out in Bob Bradley's system. Of course, a former sounder, my former team that I loved so much. But again, I bleed black and gold from here on out. That's it, baby. And I'm so bummed about Aaron Kovar. I did, by the way, just pick up a game-used jersey of his on Fanatics. Why don't you tell everybody how much you spent? That's not important. The important part is that Aaron Kovar will forever be represented on our wall of black and gold. I think he's going to do quite all right. I mean, he did play his college ball at Stanford, where he was a Pac-12 all-academic honorable mention. I'm sure he's going to be fine in whatever endeavor he wants to engage in in this life. I know when I was reading his Stanford profile, it mentioned that he had an interest in medicine. Don't know if he's going back for that or for business or whatever the case may be, but that Stanford degree is going to go a long way. I'm sure Aaron Kovar is going to be all right. We certainly appreciated your time in the black and gold. We certainly appreciated seeing you score against an Another black and gold team in Borussia Dortmund. Good luck to you, sir. Hats off to you. Let's move on to our next topic, which is the current <laughs> state of the LAFC roster. Now, Scarf, I call this. Amadou Dia actually came back into the lineup. I knew this wasn't going to be the last we see of him, and I still don't think this is going to be the last we see of him. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think we're going to wind up thinking about Amadou Dia as kind of our Swiss Army knife in reserve. He's one of those guys that I think is going to be wearing out a path between Phoenix and Los Angeles, especially when we start making our run for the Open Cup and we have to expand our roster because of injuries or attrition or whatever it might be. Amadou Dia looks like one of those guys that can certainly step right into the lineup. Obviously, Bob feels pretty comfortable with him out there as he's gotten significant minutes in almost all of our preseason action, but you absolutely called it, Philly. You said you thought that there'd be room for him and an open return, and you absolutely were right. Yeah, let's see. Now, a couple of players that unfortunately are no longer with us. We just got word that they departed from the LAFC training camp. We had trialist and midfielder Connor O'Brien and, of course, forward Ricky Lopez Espin. Ricky Lopez Espin, if you remember, he was selected by LAFC in the waiver draft from Real Salt Lake. But these guys have a upward uphill battle, especially with the stacked team that we have. I'm sure we might hear those names again, but thank you for your time on the black and gold. And as of right now, the way the roster looks, we've got two of our 2019 MLS draft picks still with us. We still have midfielder Javi Perez and Peter Lee Vassal, of course, who I think is going to be a stud. We also have trialist Alejandro Guido, who's played quite well. We have Wade Hamilton and Philip Ejimadu battling it out for the goalkeeper spot. Your LMU lion friend, Adrian Perez, and of course, one other player that we're leaving out intentionally because we're going to highlight him in a second. But the way it looks is as follows. We have 21 players that are currently signed on the LAFC roster. As per MLS regulations, 
each MLS team can have a maximum of 30 players on their team. So that still leaves us with nine roster spots that we can fill. And some of these players on this training camp might actually be on the team. I'm thinking and hoping Peter Lee Vassell is definitely one of them. And of course, there is the rumor that Pablo Cisniega might join the roster as well. Scarf, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right with Pablo Cisniega. I think we'll see him on the roster as well as one of those other two goalkeepers. I certainly hope that it's going to be Philip Ejimadu. Of course, he is a follower of the Defenders of the Bank podcast at Defenders of the Bank on Facebook and Instagram and at Defend the Bank on Twitter. And then, yeah, I really want Adrian Perez to make the team. But of course, a lot of these coaches, Bob Bradley included, he is going to scour the cut list, the waiver wire, whatever it's called here in the MLS, for those players that they've been scouting or they've looked at for quite some time. So I would imagine our roster won't be filled completely with the rest of these players that are in camp. Maybe three or four more spots will go to some players who might not have been in camp with us, but will be picked up off of the cut list as all of these teams look to fill and get their rosters back into shape. Okay, and then on to our next topic. And the one player that we left off our list intentionally Breaking news right here, Scarf. Breaking news. That's right. We heard it from the man himself on Instagram, and he confirmed with us via a conversation on our Instagram page. Congratulations to 20-year-old six-foot-five defender. That's right. The Oklahoma product, Lamar Batista, signing an official contract with LAFC. You heard it here first. I'm not even sure that he's going to be able to announce it yet, but... We're really excited. We believe Lamar Batista will be added to the roster. If you're a UCSB Gauchos fan, he played there for a season, played with the Portland Timbers USL side, Timbers 2, and just so happy that this kid is going to be there in the black and gold. Again, another example of John Thorington and his group hitting the right notes when it comes to signing these diamonds in the rough. Six foot five defender back there, 20 years old, plenty of time to grow, plenty of time to get better. We are incredibly happy to welcome Lamar Batista into the black and gold family. Yeah, and I was wondering, just watching the preseason games, who the heck is this really, really tall guy on the roster? And now we know, and he's going to be on there. You're probably asking, how the heck do these guys, these chuckleheads at Defenders of the Bank know? Well, he posted, and this is Lamar Batiste himself, posted really quickly that he made the team. His agent told him to take the post down. Even Tyler Miller said congratulations. So we know this is going to happen. Some things need to clear before he's officially on the roster. But we can't wait to see him. Six foot five. What an imposing, imposing presence is going to be in that back line. We're happy that you're black and gold. Can't wait to see you succeed on the pitch. And uh, hope to have you on the pod, actually. What do you think? Breaking news, anytime that Defenders of the Bank can scoop it, we're really happy to do so. Of course, we mean all the best to Lamar Batista and to the LAFC organization, but hey, we got a scoop. We're going to run with it, baby. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's talk about Media Day. Scarf, you introduced some really interesting photos to me on Media Day. What did you get and what did you gain in terms of knowledge from those posts and from what you've been seeing in Media Day? Yeah, one of the first things I saw was Philip Ejimadu there on Media Day. So it looks like he'll be taking some pictures and getting ready to hopefully make more of an advanced presence there with the club. He also had this beautiful blue jersey on, the yellow one that Tyler Miller and Philip Ejimadu wore the last couple of preseason games. Now this beautiful blue one, it was like a sapphire blue. 
I, I'm kind of into these goalie jerseys, in case you couldn't tell. Of course. They're like unicorns or redheads. <laughs> it's just hard to find one that's great. Oh, man. If, if by the way, you're a unicorn or a redhead and you're listening to this, please follow us <laughs> at Defenders of the Bank on Instagram. We could always use a couple of other followers. I could always use another unicorn, right? <laughs> but, yeah, it was really cool. Max Bredos posted some stuff on Instagram. You got to see Philip Ejimadu was there. There were a lot of really cool soccer balls and jerseys and everything that they were signing. There was one of the football jerseys, one of the number 18 Los Angeles jerseys out there. Pretty sure they were probably signing that for LAFC Rich. But it was also cool to see Shaft Brew in a couple of the other pictures. Just some cool stuff happening there at Media Day. And I always love it. The players get to take those staged pictures where they've got the smoke behind them and the graphics. And it it looks like they're basically coming out of a tunnel to scream at you there in those pictures. Some really cool stuff that we're going to see over the course of the season. But Media Day, again, giving us another look at Philip Ejimadu. Shaft Brewer was there. So it's cool stuff. Thanks, Max. Yeah, I noticed on Twitter, LAFC posted a picture of Dio with his back turned. And I'm looking at the picture, and I'm looking and thinking to myself, it looks kind of ominous. And then I'm just analyzing it a little more, and then I realize they put his entire name on the back of the jersey. I have a Dio jersey in white that just says Dio. I have to add another jersey to my collection with his full name. So I know the next jersey that's going to find its way into my closet and definitely uh, on my shoulders. So that was media day. But we heard this today and we wanted to address it. There are a lot of teams linked to this rumor that we heard today on Instagram and Twitter. Scarf, I'm going to let you run with this because he's one of your former boys. Former boys in the sense that before LAFC was a thing, you told our listeners back in the day that you were a Sounders fan. And Roman Torres was there, won a cup with Seattle. I'll let you talk about this one. What did you hear in this rumor mill and what do you think? Yeah, first of all, let me, let me just say before I talk about Roman Torres, the 32-year-old with a replacement ACL, it's hey, not sounds like me. <laughs> it's not you're not 32. No, it's I'm 38. Not, it's not something that I think is going to go very far. I don't want Roman Torres if he's going to take minutes away from maybe a 20-year-old 6-foot-5 developing defender like Lamar Batista. That was kind of fun, developing defender. But, you know, he won the MLS Cup while I was a Sounders fan back in 2016. So, you know, I do have a little bit of love for Roman Torres. A star on the Panamanian national team, over 110 caps. He was a captain in their first ever World Cup. He was really their stud player. Yeah, he really was. But at 32 and in the condition that he's in right now, I would just as soon LAFC pass on this one. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's been linked to the team that's down the road in Carson and several other teams. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to hate on a guy in his 30s that's old and beat up because, well, I'm a guy who's in his 30s and is old and beat up, but I'm not a professional soccer player, but I do sympathize with that. So that about rounds up our podcast. We told you we would make it short and sweet because it is Valentine's Day, and I know you got better things to do than listen to these two chuckleheads at Defenders of the Bank. Hopefully, the happy times that you have with your significant other last longer than this podcast does. But if it doesn't, well, we have another episode lined up, and we are really, really excited about this one. Our next episode, we will be airing it within the next week. It's already been recorded. It just needs to go through editing. We had Ken Micknook. If you guys don't know that name, I'm sure you've heard of the term LAFC Falconer. If that name doesn't ring a bell, Winged Solutions. If that name doesn't ring a bell, Ollie. Yeah, the guy who has Ollie on his arm at every single game that you are dying to take pictures with. He is going to be on our podcast. I can't wait. He's got such a great tale of perseverance. His entry into studying birds of prey. I can't wait for this podcast. Scarf and I, we had such a blast. You want to tell them what we saw when we interviewed Ken last uh, Saturday? Yeah, it was so cool not only to be able to meet Ollie 
Fig and Mel. Sunny, of course, wasn't there. She was out doing something else. But we also got to meet a Harris's hawk named Bond. And that was actually, to me, not the coolest part of anything that we saw. The coolest part was seeing all of those medallions that the Falcons grab right at the end. Which Ken makes by himself and embroiders by himself, FYI. It was so cool just to imagine the talons of those Falcons crushing all of the other team's crests. And, of course, those were all laid out on a table before us. We've we got, got pictures to, see there. to prove oh, it. It was so cool. And if you haven't met Ken at any of these LAFC games, take some time and go take a picture with whatever Falcon he's got on his arm that day. Ken could not be a nicer guy. And, of course, everybody at Wing Solutions, Ken and Jenna and everyone involved there are fantastic. But we are incredibly lucky to have him on our pod for episode eight. Of course. I mean, if you look at the Defenders of the Bank logo, it's really based on Ollie and the Falcons that Ken raises. Make sure you stay tuned for that episode. It will be episode eight. This is currently 7.5 because of its length. It's really short, but make sure that you check it out. It's going to be fantastic. And before we wrap this up, Scarf, before we wish our listeners out there a happy Valentine's Day, do you have any last things to say? Yeah, one more bit of news before we wrap up our Valentine's Day podcast. Of course, what could be better on Valentine's Day than riding in the car, listening to your boys, Philly and the Scarf, on your way to your hot date with your significant other, so you're welcome for that. But on March 6th, Bank of California Stadium is going to host an incredible friendly between El Salvador and Guatemala entitled the Clásico Centroamericano, and that'll be the first time that Bank of California hosts a national team friendly I think it's going to be a good time. March 6th, Wednesday, March 6th at 7 p.m. Again, El Salvador taking on Guatemala. That should be a lot of fun. The pre-sale for season ticket holders actually started February 13th, which was yesterday. And tickets will go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. to the general public with our new ticket provider, Ticketmaster. Also on TicketOn.com, T-I-C-K-E-T-O-N.com. Of course, at the stadium box office or by phone, 1-800-668-8080. So get your tickets to El Salvador versus Guatemala, the first ever national team friendly hosted at Bank of California Stadium. All right. So once again, happy Valentine's Day. After the episode eight, the Ken episode will be released. We're going to take a short week off because I am taking my wife on Valentine's Day to Australia. And while I'm there, I'm going to catch a Western Sydney Wanderers game. I can't wait. I'm going to wear my LAFC gear. I've got my LAFC original scarf that I'm going to take a picture with over there. I'm going to buy scarf a scarf because scarf needs a scarf. Um, So yeah. We'll be taking a little bit of time off, but we will be back and definitely up and running for Sporting Kansas City. Stay tuned for that podcast that's coming out next week with Kent. You're going to love it. And I just want to give another shout out to Gary Gold. Gary Gold, thank you for the episode last week. It was awesome. And we'll see you at the bank. Happy Valentine's Day from Philly and the Scarf. And bye-bye. Bye-bye.